A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. again baseball is in full swing right now Wander Franco got called up showed a heck of a lot of talent last night on the ball field we have all these wonderful things happening Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero, Fernando Tatis and you got guys taking their pants off on the mound what is happening oh baseball it's just really <laughs> so disappointing that we have to sit here and watch Joe Girardi call out Max Scherzer and uh, I really wish I would have saw Max Scherzer knock Joe Girardi out in the middle of the field. That just would have been phenomenal, you know. It's just uh, that would have been great. But this is the mess we're dealing with. Instead of watching our players shine and enjoying the sport, we have to deal with this nonsense of in-season, you know, switch by Major League Baseball. And understand that it's a good thing to do for the sport and to clean it up and what was happening, but. The way it's happening now is just ridiculous, you know. Um, anyway, got a good podcast today. I'm joined by my weekly co-host, Todd Whitestone from SPStreamer.com. We're going to go over some of the stuff in this article from SPStreamer.com, which he covers the main event and the standings and some stats uh, he highlights some stats every week, the 80th percentile that we should be meeting in overall competitions to capture that threshold that it needs to come in either the top three in your league or, um, you know, high in the overall. So today we talk about the focus was on wins and the pitchers that are accumulating the most wins through starters and relievers. And then we are joined by... Mr. Matt Modica, um, a veteran high stakes NFBC player, uh, f- good friend of the pod, and uh, yeah, he just joined us to go over some of the ad drops and then just give us some insight on some in season management and uh, things we could do. And just a big reminder that there's half the season left, so if you've been doing very well, you know, you still got to continue to do very well. And if you're doing very poorly, you still have the opportunity to turn it on to do very well. So um, with that, we're going to get right into the episode. Hope you enjoy it. All righty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm once again here with my man, Todd Whitestone from SP Streamer. And we are joined by a fantastic guest today, Mr. Maddie Modica. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good, Rob. 
Thanks, I'm God. doing good. Hey, Maddie, thanks good, for joining man. us tonight, man. I know we've been trying to get this off and running, so we really <laughs> appreciate you taking out the time to come and hang out with us. Um, I know we, you know, we had a little bit of a history in New York. You were the admin for our uh, mm-hmm. live New York draft, and right. um, Todd was sitting right next to us, uh, me and Michael, SP Streamer himself, and um, you know, I think um, I think I I think I rattled Todd a couple of times, right? <laughs> My uh, quick. Um, <laughs> back-to-back blast picks right maddie i just didn't even give him any time to breathe (laughs) you were definitely uh well prepared you definitely didn't waste time when it was your turn which is you know which is the way it should be for the most part Uh, i know sometimes you gotta like mull it over your head when there's a couple guys you know but for the most part it shouldn't you no one should be taking the full minute you know every every time right 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 yeah but he he did he would take make his picks like in five seconds and like you know you when when you're next to the guy on the turn Matt you think all right I got a few seconds to sort of make my pick think about things and then I'll see who's left and he would go boom boom and then I was back I had to make a quick pick and he was like uh, right in my face well I mean I I think the hardest part with Todd was like when you get those back-to-back picks is making the right pick on what player that you want that you think would come back. Right. right. Like that's right. always the thing. And like when yeah. you, like if Rob was to take it, that's when like you lose it. Yeah. And that could rattle you more than anything. Exactly. exactly. Right. I saw, I looked over, I saw Todd had a elaborate highlighting crossing out <laughs> system. And I said, Oh, I got to take advantage of this. <laughs> but right. yeah, so that was fun. That was a fun weekend. I can't wait to uh, get to do it next year again. That was really awesome. Hopefully you'll be in Vegas this year. Yeah. Yeah. Going to do it gotta all be a must. Year. That's gotta be. Yeah. hundred percent. It's on the list. And uh, I can't wait to get out there. It's going to be a blast. But um, we're going to get into Todd's article. Um, we'll do a quick, quick run through of that. But I wanted to spend some more time just talking to you, Matt, about, you know, how things have gone this year for your teams and, um, you know, what's gone well, what's gone bad and all that fun stuff. So, um, Todd, um, tell us about what your article covered this week on SPStreamer.com. As everyone knows, it's a free read every week. You right. go on SPStreamer.com and Todd is covering basically the ebb and flow of the main event and the overall standings. And this week you have, um, you're, you know, you're definitely nailing the movie references, Tom, um, uh, Todd. And this was, this was a great one because this is, I mean, you know, this has got to be one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, one of my favorite movies is my cousin Vinny. So I had to use that at some point. So I did uh, my cousin Winnie, you know, so I, uh, I worked it in somehow anyway. Uh, wins, I think, are one of the toughest categories. I don't know if you guys agree, but, you know, you, you can have a pitcher that goes eight innings, pitches uh, shutout ball, and he may not get the win. You know, he's still, there's no guarantees. Uh, obviously, better pitchers and better pitching performances give you wins more frequently, but the defense can let you down. The bullpen can let you down. The offense behind him can let you down. So, um it's no guarantee. So I thought it would be interesting to look at the win category. Um, and I did list, I won't go through it here, but I did list the starters and relievers that as of the 19th of June had the most wins. And there are some, some relievers that are doing pretty well as, as well as hard to deploy them and know when they're coming up. But uh, Brent Suter, Mario Petit, uh, Jonathan Loisega, they all have six, seven, eight wins which is uh, kind of interesting. Um, but uh, the leader overall is Aaron Savale, who hopefully is 
going to be okay from his finger injury the other night. Hey, Todd, um, not yes. to cut you off a second, but on your list, yes. I think one of the most compelling things, and you know, it, it should be kind of obvious for people too, and for most part, is that pretty much almost everybody, there's one or two guys here that uh, all the teams are winning teams. Right. Teams with winning records, you know, either leading their division for the most part or, you know, five, ten games over. I think you got, like, you know, Max is on, like, a, a 500 team. Right. And, uh, you know, you Rogers, who's, you know, on the Marlins. But, you know, it's, it's I just no, wanted that, to point that out. No, that's a good point out, Maddie. And I think that's something that I, I tried to incorporate this year. Obviously, you know, wins are fluky and everything. But, you know, like, um, just, just taking a look preseason, just taking a look at the Vegas odds, you know, at win totals for teams and just, you know, maybe incorporating that like a little bit into your evaluation of how many wins you think uh, possible. But in the relief pitcher wins, I think it's funny because uh, I think a lot of us has probably expected those bulk guys, right? But these are more like back of the end, you know, seventh inning right. guys that are doing it. You know, I think everyone was expecting maybe those bulk wins to lop up a little bit. But these, you know, eight wins by Suter and seven by Petit and six by Elijah. That's nothing to joke on, you know? So, yeah. Well, yeah. both of those guys are like DC uh, uh, draft champion stalwarts. Like, <laughs> yeah. Suter is a guy that last couple of years in the, in the DC, he's, he's filled that role and Petite just doesn't go away. I mean, yeah, yeah every, I think that's a great year. point. Like, because in those DCs where you're just trying to like backfill some pitchers and just those weeks where you're like, all right, you know what? I don't like these starts because they're going to blow up my roster, you know, my stats and my ratios. So let me just sneak in a suit or a wise ago. And they're, they're really, they're really solid. Absolutely. Way to bring that up. Yeah. 100%. And uh, one thing that I did point out later was that I do think that the closers are getting more wins. And my, my theory for that is that because of, we have the uh, ghost runner on second rule, um, more games are ending in the, uh, in the 10th and even in the ninth as, the, as that situation comes up. So the, the Yankees, for example, may bring Chapman in uh, earlier and there's more likely when he's in there that a decision is rendered as opposed to, um, you know, before where it could go to the 11th, it could go to the 12th. And there's not as much of a guarantee that the game is going to actually end right there in the 10. Um, so I do think that the closers, I, I didn't really do an exhaustive comparison of 2019 or anything, but the closers are well represented up in the wins category. And I do think you can get wins by having closers in your lineup. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. There's definitely been more, like you mentioned, Todd, um, it's definitely like the managers are rolling out there, closer than the ninth, and um, and happen to take that lead in the 10th, and they're either getting a save or a win, you know? So that's uh, definitely a great point. And, Could I yeah. say, uh, yeah. just because you, you mentioned the closers, I'll say, I mean, it was something I was keen on, and using the draft champions, I'll grab that one closer. Sometimes I'll play the chicken, but when we went live, I didn't – that was probably my biggest uh, error to date this year was not locking up one of those – I don't think there really was a handful of guys, but, you know, whatever. So you want to say there was a handful right. of guys. Not locking up one of those guys. And because, look, I like saves as the category. It makes it tough. It makes you have to make that investment. It's an investment I really don't want to make, but – you. You knew you had to make sure, it, sure. and uh, those that did and got those guys, th that's paying off. So uh, 
I, I think, you know, for even like next year, there'll be a couple of those guys again that will have those more established roles. Hopefully that, you know, extra inning thing is gone. I'm, I'm not a fan of that at all. But uh, I, I do think, you know, just to mention the closures, I would say for me, that was probably my biggest miss in the transition from, say, D.C. to live events. And, you know, actually, I'll just do better on that. Yeah, yeah that's a great point, because I'm the same way, Maddie. In D.C., I'm, I'm, I'm playing that chicken game. I really want to wait as long as I can and bunch them up at the end. But, you know, and and even... I kind of had a conscious effort to, you know, um, go for some guys in the live events and, and uh, boost it up a little bit, like with Hader and Diaz. And um, they kind of just wasn't in the spot to get them. And, uh, you know, one, one draft, I got uh, Jansen and one was Chapman. Um, And, you know, I think, in uh, both leagues too, I tried to make a conscious effort to go back to like a Rosenthal or Presley mm-hmm. after that. Um, and in one league, you know, I Rosenthal well, that's the was the I, guy. That's yeah. the best that I did pay for. That's Rosenthal. the guy. I know. I know. I know you were right. right. Yeah. I got him once too. I think it was in our, our league, Rob. I think, no, no. Once I got Yates once and Rosenthal once. And of course those are terrible picks uh, in hindsight, but I was trying to get one good closer out of the group. Yeah, no. my guy was Jordan Hicks this year. That kind of uh, in the, in our league, Todd. He I got he, a lot of DC shares of Hicks. Right, what's your name? <laughs> right, right. I'm like maybe in September. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Any, so. Anyway, so let me uh, just yeah. Again. In terms of the the target five thousand, which yeah. is seventy seven and a half percent, which would be enough to give you five hundred points in the overall main event um, for the full season in twenty nineteen you'd need 93 wins to get to that level. Um, and then this year so far on the 18th of June, you needed between 40 and 41 wins, which means that you're going to actually need more wins this year. And again, my theory is that people have closers in their lineups. They're getting a slight amount more wins than they did two years ago. So I don't know if that's exactly right, but it does look like if you get 96 wins, you're going to get the 500 points that would give you the right number in that category. Again, it could go up or down a little, but it's trending a little above two years ago is the point. Where are you at, um, Todd, with your wins and your main events? Um, I'm right now I'm, uh, on my three mains. I'm in good shape on two and one is, is lagging. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Where do you stand with those numbers that uh, Todd just threw out there? I, I think the wins I'm doing good in. It's the yeah. saves that have been the problem. Right. And, you know, I did get guys like Classe, you know, thankfully mm. I, I got him. But, you know, there's been other guys that, you know, there's something that I went out and did uh, spent boatloads. I think maybe the highest guy I paid for was Trevino. And he's gotten saved. Mm. So, I mean, he's he's actually done that. But, you know, there's just been too many situations. The whole Reds thing's been a debacle. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it, it's something that really I knew before I should have been more cognizant on. And I, I think the the toughest, I, I would say the thing I didn't do as I do, that was bad English. The thing I didn't execute as well as I've done in the past was that transition from the, DC draft season to the live and mm-hmm. I just wasn't as crisp on that I'd say 
in, yeah. in certain areas. I remember the the first the first fab draft that I had in the season was that tag team draft that mm-hmm. we're in, you know, and that just like you said, like uh, me and Jenny Butler, we did our you know our pre draft Zoom and we were you know talking about it and I, um, especially with the with the end game pitching like the Alzales and guys like that like mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Cease were you know it was in my brain it was like oh I three hundred you know whatever that range and then boom it slapped and everyone was like 260, 280, you know and like <laughs> whoa like hold on a second <laughs> like you know and yeah. it was just a uh, yeah it was really um, I, like you said it's a, that one Anthony and I got like Freddie Perot like the 24th round that right. was, which is something when you look wow. back you're like wow that's right a, right that's a good one that's a pretty tight-knit you know uh standings okay it's mm-hmm. like you know there's a bunch of teams in that 80 90 range it's, it's an interesting league it's i uh, can't get a grasp on uh you know the ebbs and flow of uh the stats in that one but um it's a very competitive league for sure um so todd um yes tell me more about um uh, the free agency bids this sure, uh, this week. Sure. Um, where are we yes. heading? Are we still going down or is it coming up? <laughs> we are going down. It's uh, now $14 average per bid one, which means that since people are winning about two bids a week, that $28 was spent per main event team this past week. So that means total spending is at $677 for the average main event team which leaves people uh, 323, which is a little lower than I'd say is ideal. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it, the average left, if you divide it among the 15 periods, would be around 23 bucks per uh, fab period. Now, you don't have to spend exactly evenly. You can put more up front than that. But uh, people have to remind themselves that you need a little bit left in September uh, if, you, if you're going to make one or two pickups to help your team. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting. It has been declining rapidly, except for that one big Manoa week. Um, that w- it popped up a little, but it's been in the 20s now since uh, period seven Thanks for the reminder about the yeah. Manoa week. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I think what's important to to over over the next month or so, yeah, people are going to have to make that uh, reality check, where they're not going to get the overall, and you got to win that. You got to win the league if you have that opportunity. Yes, exactly. And so you know, if there's certain things like if you're just not going to make that move in saves. Right. You know, maybe right. that's the, the time to load up on starters and pump out the nine each week. I'm just saying if that's the situation. But also, too, another thing I've done that I've found uh, has been helpful. If you are if you are getting short on cash, when you reach that like final six week, you know, you're getting ready for August is building a bench for the for that stretch run. Because right. you're going to notice if you've been playing in the NFBC long enough, those last six weeks. Those standing swing. There's mm-hmm. a there's always a nice move. I mean, I've had 125 points, and you know, I've had big leads where I was hanging on for dear life at the end. You know, right. just you know when you see that happen, or you know, vice versa. I just lost out. You know, I finished in second. Right. So that's a great point about the bench. Matt, like, of that coming up. Right. Right. Yeah. And trimming the fat now, and just trying to look more long term. 
um, for having some depth so you don't have to make like big free agent moves. Um, right, right. Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's something I'm definitely gonna have to do in an hour league target, a 279 left in that one. My other main, I have 586 left. So, uh, definitely have some there, but, uh, you know, I was trying, I've been trying to be as frugal as I can this week. I, I went, um, not too much, but, uh, yeah, I'm an hour bid. I wish I had that one back and then I would be in the 508, yeah. but that's what happens when you go on vacation and, and you make drunk bids. No, but I, I, I think that was the, you know, and look, it's there's still three months left. They're gonna right. be asking. Right. You know, he has you know, it hasn't panned out the way you want. It's given up the jet the problem with the long ball, but it's right. basically gonna come down to and the teams that you know, like that teams that are rocking, you start losing a couple of, of your core pitchers, it's not gonna be as easy. I mean, I know you can put the replacement value in with a guy like the Grom or stuff, but you lose a guy like a Gossman who's been a godsend, mm. or uh who's the guy on Texas? He's finally uh, pitching. Gibson. Gibson, Gibson, thank you. Right. I mean, Gibson is a is one of the teams that he, in, the, in the draft champions. He was that guy in the 38th, 40th sure. round. Sure. Nobody wanted that. Boom, you could just get. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that was, so like those guys that have been monsters, you, you need them to, to continue for those next three months, right. you know, because I mean, right. the injuries are affecting everyone. And, you know, on the teams that I have injuries, I look at it as I should have drafted somebody else. Yeah, exactly. you know, injuries are going to yeah. happen to all of us. Yeah, they definitely are. You can't blame uh, one or two mm-hmm. injuries and say that's the reason I didn't do well. You know. No, people I, do like to do that, though. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> definitely. They definitely you see a whole tweet with a laundry list of names that are on yeah, their DL yeah. or, or, you know, that I – and a lot of times too, like I don't know, I, I hear people say, "Oh, I have twelve red suitcases next to them." Then get rid of them, like <laughs> you know, like um, I don't know, I don't know what to tell those people who are suffering in mm-hmm. leagues when they can't move up the standing. You have to get rid of guys. Like I, I got to give a, I got to give compliments. You know, like the partners I have this year, I was pretty heavily on with partnerships in my lives, mm-hmm. and you know, me and Vicaro, we just been like hit every week with a new injury. I mean, the glass now one is going to be tough to overcome. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. But, you know, we like I said, you lose him, then Buxton comes back. But you know what? We got guys coming back. We got Seaver in one, Trout in the other. But we just kept battling. Now we're at 92 yeah. points. We got a good team. Right. You know? So you just have to keep filling guys in each and every week and or just have that lineup that you can sustain each week with. I mean, you don't have to pick up somebody every week if it's, right. if it's not beneficial for you. Right. And, you know, if you have that bench, you have the guys coming back or you have a stash or whatever, you know, that's there's still three months. So as good as some people played for the first three months or as bad as they were, there's still basically half a season left. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So exactly. Just, you know, just keep at it. Yeah. Right. Definitely good. Matt, I wanted to ask you um, one of the questions I had for you later on. I wanted to ask you now because you're bringing up the, you know, maybe stocking up your bench. Um, how do you look at a pickup that you've like forecast for like the rest of the season? You look at the rest of the season, like projections, or you're just looking at their, their skill set, like or playing time opportunity. How do you forecast a guy who maybe you think like this guy is going to be good for me the rest of the season, not for like a two week rental? Uh, I mean, just like say like a Lewis Robert type kind of guy. It's like mm-hmm. Robert came back in a month or so. Say he got cleared. He goes to base. I don't even know if he's ever coming back, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying I'm just using him as an example. Right. He's a guy that's got power, speed and all that. So he's got multiple categories or if you want to use his teammate Eloy. 
he's a guy with just an abundance of power. Like what he hit uh, 45 home runs and batted over 280 in his first 177 games or something like that, whatever it was. So, I mean, I'm going to look at guys that I think could be difference makers or say in a league where I lost glass now this week and I was dropping another crappy pitcher and trying to get somebody that was healthy. Mm-hmm. I was also looking at maybe taking on a Sixto Sanchez if he could ever get on the mound and pitch a couple of months because he's got upside. Like, right. who's going to replace glass now? Sanchez could maybe be good for six, eight weeks and give me that. Maybe he never pitches this year. But, you know, for now, for $5, it's a a gamble I'd take or, you know, somebody else of that ilk that at least has upside. And, you know, sometimes you hit on them, sometimes you don't. A couple of years ago, it was Sean Manaya and Mike Fulton Everts Mm -hmm. that I got for a couple of dollars each. They sat on my bench for a few weeks. The last six weeks, look, if you look at their, uh, if if you do a deep dive, they got lucky. Who had 100% left on base and this and that? But those guys were killers those last sure, six weeks. Sure, right. So, I mean, you, it, like, everything depends on where you are in the standings, what you're going to do. But, you know, to just pick up, as Rob would say, just pick up a meatball and, you know, <laughs> you, you get pounded and everything goes wrong. Yeah. As opposed to saying, you know what, even if it's for a couple of weeks, I got Sixto Sanchez and he has another setback, I just cut him. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was $5. I picked up a healthy guy to have to supplement somebody or if I needed for next week to go in. But I'm, I'm just looking at it that way. It's not really, I mean, I'll look and see, but I mean, who's really that going to have great numbers on the waiver wire rest of the season. Cause those right. people are, those people are rostered. Right. So yeah, you're right. looking at guys that maybe either struggled in the first three months that were cut that you thought were good three months ago that could bounce back right. and, you know, have that second half. You got to take gambles. You know, the guys that if you didn't own him and he was terrible and somebody caught him and you can get him on the cheap. And even if he's on your bench, you have a bench. If you have some healthy, you have some healthy spots. You know, those guys, if they're good for you, you don't care what they did for the other guy. You didn't need those. Sure, sure, sure. Great point. Yeah, absolutely. You always got to look through the uh, everyone else's trash. Like, you know, I see the ad drops every night, you know, um, on on the Sunday night, um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at that drop column and anyone that in, intrigues me that's not on my watch list already, I just immediately throw them in there, you know, one, two, three. So, you know, all right, I'll keep my eye on this guy or, you know, I, like you said, everyone has different, every, you know, team has different needs. So um, you, you may look and say, well, why is this guy being dropped? And, you know, then you realize, you know, the team's going another way with a stat category and, you mm-hmm. know, just, just scoop that guy up. Absolutely. Great point. So um, this week, uh, Abraham Toro was the most added uh, player, added in 41 leagues. Um, Bregman's down. It's like he's going to get some run. I mean, he was crushing it in AAA um, both years in AAA. He's been mashing. Um, you guys have any interest in in, in Abraham Toro? Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, I did. I got him once. But uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Todd. Yeah, I mean, I did. I, I didn't get him anywhere. But, I mean, that's just a, a logical fill there where you see the guy's going to be out for a while. He's on a, you know, there's a good offense. And, you know, the guy was raking, so you hope that continues. And you you want players that are in good offenses. 
Right, right, definitely. Right. And that that offense just is uh they're just wheeling guys around the bases uh every single game. Everyone's just smashing the ball. So uh, it almost makes me wonder if they're still doing <laughs> something. But you know, they are great hitters. And this is when like even when it's not, you know, the the a cheating scandal was, you know, going on, it's like you know, wow, like, you know, were these guys these guys were good prior to it and you don't, you know, they were good on where, the road too. So right, right. Great point, Matt. hundred no, percent. They're talented. They're talented. There's no doubt. So I mean, Todd, how much did you get them for in your league that you went for? a good him? question. It wasn't very much. I don't okay. remember the exact number, but I think it was in the twenties, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's a solid fill right there. I like his hit tool. You know, he's a guy who doesn't like, uh, puts the bat in the ball, doesn't strike out much, you know, his swinging strike rate is good for a batter. And, um, so I think it's good. I think it's a good, good little fill. And um, if he, if he, I think with also Ledmus Diaz out, you know, if Torres shows he can hit, he might be, you know, used as more mm-hmm. like a utility player as well and stick around. So I like yeah. that ad for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a big, uh, big scoop up in Jesus Sanchez on the Marlins. Yes, the Jesus. Um, the Jesus. <laughs> um, you guys have any, um, any hand in Sanchez this week? Yeah. Well, I got you him go twice. Uh, thanks. Sorry. Ooh, twice. I got him nice. twice. I do. Th- Look, he he's sort of a little bit of a lottery ticket. He strikes out a lot. I think he has very good power, though. And I did want to see if he could sort of get up to his upside potential. So I did add him twice. Didn't pay again, pay very much for him. I think it was maybe in the teens. So hopefully it'll work out. And, uh, you know, he killed and, one tonight, Todd. You see that? I did. I did hear that. Yes, he, he had a home run. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he he can hit it a long way. It's a question of contact, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, what what did you think, Matt? Uh, I think I, I definitely have three shares. I might have got four this week. Uh, I know Vlad Sendler got him in like every league. <laughs> right, he got him right. in the platinum. Uh, where Mike Trout can't come back soon enough. Uh, me and Jason Anthony. Uh, got him, I think, in two leagues that were in together. So Jason uh, made sure we uh, acquired his service. He's another great guy. I love being yeah. partners with him. Uh, so I, it's it's a, a young guy. I mean, he didn't cost you triple digits or nothing. No. So, I mean, especially now, everybody spent a lot of money. And there's not, you know, except on some exceptions, there's really not going to be those monster bids. You know, you're looking at young players with possible uh, opportunities, opportunities, right. everything right. in fantasy, whether it's baseball or football. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I got to think that, um, I mean, Corey Dickerson doing nothing either, you know, and uh, I don't know if he's like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know his salary situation, but I feel like, you know, they, if they wanted to make a stop for Sanchez full time, you know, they could. And Garrett Cooper's not really a guy that would be tough to beat out either. You know, if he came you back, think, think, yeah, I think yeah. the future is what they're going to look forward to there. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And who knows if uh, if they want to go full and get J.J. Blade up here, too, because he's, you know, he's also a big prospect. My guy. draft champions would love that. I think he's one of the only rookies I took in, in the draft champions. Like, I tried to not, you know, go too far down the rookie rabbit hole when you can't make a move. But I think I took a shot at him and uh, Josh <laughs> Jung. But uh um, who else we have here? Matt Manning, um, another Tiger, Detroit Tiger pitcher, comes out. Um, he had a pretty good debut, unlike a lot of other rookie debuts we've seen on the mound uh, this year. Um, 
yeah, I mean, he, he looked pretty solid. Uh, he, I know he wasn't pitching well in AAA, but uh, I kind of like what the Tigers are doing here with the young guys. You know, mm -hmm. you saw my school ball struggle at first, but now they're kind of, you know, they're, they're settling in. They're being effective. Um, and maybe Madden can add to this. And uh, you got Turnbull, who's going to come back mm -hmm. off the IL. Um, so what do you guys, um, what are your thoughts on Matt Manning? What do you, you expect him to be up here for the rest of the season? Matt, you want to go first here? Uh, I mean, I, I think he's going to get a, a solid run here. Um, will there be the initial struggles like we usually see with, with the rookies? Probably. Uh, he went in, in the, he went pretty much, he was one of the top guys, so I didn't get him anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much this week for me, it was Alejandro Kirk everywhere I could get him. Oh, just, nice. look, his catching is just so terrible. So, I mean, it was Kirk, uh, Sanchez, uh, like I said, Vlad took him everywhere, and I grabbed another one of the guys that Vlad seemed to be on was uh, Zach Thompson of the mm -hmm. Marlins. Mm -hmm. right. So, you know, just just to fill in a pitcher, I lost uh, glass now in a lot of spots. So it was it was a sombering Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> sombering Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, go ahead, Todd. Did you yeah, I was just gonna say I was I was really off of Matt Manning. Uh, you know, you sort of have to make some choices who you're going to go after. And Manning, he had an arm injury last year, and uh, he hasn't been great this year so far, and the co team context isn't good. So, yeah, I mean, he could turn out fantastic, but I just made a choice that this was not a guy I was going to go after, and hopefully it doesn't turn out to be a wrong decision. You know what, Todd? I, I think what you said was perfect. When you're looking here for Manning, like for the people that didn't get him, is you want him to be like Mize and Scooble where they had to do that initial adjustment. Right. Everybody drops him, and then you pick him up, you know, maybe for that last, you know, you, you get a good month out of him or so, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, I my 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 bid this week were, were pretty uh, – pretty centered on uh, I picked up Chad McCormick uh, to to fill in an outfield spot for the week and um, I I mostly speculated on Drew Steckenrider Ryder and Hunter Harvey and mm -hmm. actually both both my mains um, just need saves in both and uh, you know I, I don't know if they're going to be the guys but Stecken Ryder was uh, getting some looks in the ninth and um, you know he I know he's still uh, you know uh, not the perfect end game guy, but, um, you know, we still got grave man and Montero is just horrible. So Montero's I don't, horrible. yeah. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, if, you know, I don't know. I took a shot there. Um, maybe for too much. I, I, I think I got them for about 17 or 13 bucks. Probably they went unopposed. I didn't think they would go unopposed in my league. Uh, you know, they, they went, they went in uh, like 16 leagues and for a decent amount. And it just happened to be, of course, the one, when I bid on them, they, uh, I get, I get unopposed <laughs> bids. So that's just the way it is <laughs> with yeah, my know, bids, but yeah, sure, exactly. Sure. As long as they get me saves, I, uh, I don't care. Right. I'm still, uh, I'm still grieving from uh, our lead Todd when, you know, my Cesar Valdez story of, uh, <laughs> you know, Matt, that, you know, that because we had that early draft, so we were part of that first bad bid, you know, mm -hmm. period. And uh, I dropped Valdez because I needed some starters. And, you know, with his eight saves, I probably would have been, uh, you know, sitting in some good shape. <laughs> it is yeah, what that, it is. That does make, uh, that does make <laughs> a difference, especially in, uh, in this landscape. Right. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I will say my favorite bit of the week, uh, it was in the 12s, which I, I'm in three of them. And that's just, uh, it, it's crazy how they work. But for some reason, it's, it, it's, it's been a good thing. I'm either in first or second in those three. So I'll take that. But I bid $12 on Sunny Gray. But hope it comes back healthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. runner-up bid was eleven. I was like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nice. that's a solid scoop right there. Um, yeah, I I did one twelve this year because I I was worried about transitioning into a twelve. But next year I'm going to do more because after the draft was done, I'm like, oh, this was fun. Like I just loved the roster. I loved how it was just, um, you know, it's not as deep. I loved the deep deep you know, diving, you know, that's why I love the draft champion. Just love going deep into rosters, but the 12 was, uh, you know, it's definitely a totally different beast too with the, uh, with the fab. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, for me, like the 12s, I wind up doing them. I usually do like two or maybe like this year I did three and it's basically because on like January I'm, I'm bored and (laughs) I want to do like a, I want to do a real draft as opposed to like a DC. Right. So that's how I usually get into doing one or two of those. You just crack on like a cold January night. Yeah. Yeah. I need something. They're fun. They're fun. I need a fix. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the night where you only have one draft going on, you're like, I need to have two going on at once. I I, I will say I will probably do. I, I did a nice amount of draft champion, but I'll probably do even more next year. Uh, I definitely enjoy those. They're, they, they've, they've treated me well, and I think I got even another formula that I'm going to really pound out next year, so I'm just excited. Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. That, I love that formula. I'm, I'm waiting. For, I'm anxious. As soon as the football drafts are over, because, you know, football, I'm excited for two. You know? mm-hmm. So hopefully – Todd knows him well. He partners with him. Hopefully, Andy Saxton. Yes. And he can finally take down a uh, overall title. Or even Makara, who I'll be doing a couple with. But me and Saxton came in, you know, second hey, class. You guys do very ago. well. You guys and do very during well. During the prime last year. So, you know, wow. I don't care if it's football money or baseball money, as long as it's money. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. You there know? you go. There you go. How many teams are in those overalls in the football and the biggest one? I would say in the prime, it's probably a little more. Well, this year, I got to say, the, the main got, what, 645? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 645. So, I mean, the football, I, the the online football, I'm not even sure. That's got to be probably twice of what the baseball is. Yeah, I could have. I, I would imagine. I yeah. would. I would think it's probably closer to five thousand. Maybe I'm off, I'm off on, on on the online, but that's got to be somewhere in that. Yeah, the it's online huge. is huge. I, I'm not sure. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure about the uh, prime time and the classic. Classic is not that big. That's the 14 team. Yeah, that's been having trouble the last couple of years. But it was nice when it was like 250 people. So, you know, you, you have even more of a, you know, it's 80 grand versus 200 grand, but, you know, right, right. Sure. 80 grand. sure, sure. Right, <laughs> right. Definitely for sure. Um, I'm not greedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, Todd, who was the wow bit of the week? And actually, you know, we yes. already covered that. It was Sanchez. Yes. We also had some, so um, not not as many in the uh, the Century Club as you like to call it. But right. Yeah. Only only uh, six players, uh, seven bids over a hundred bucks. Two of them, Jesus Sanchez, uh, and then there were five other guys, guys that would drop sort of unexpectedly in uh, main events. Michael Fulmer, Jameson Tyon, 
Eduardo Rodriguez, Jake McGee, and Colton Wong each were dropped in one league and then created a uh, heavy bids for their services all over a mm-hmm. hundred bucks. Uh, and that's the thing you got to watch out for is when somebody is dropped unexpectedly in uh, one of your leagues. But, um, but again, not compared to a few weeks ago, there's no bids over 200 and there's uh, just a handful over 100 and everybody is sort of preserving their assets as much as possible. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, those, those bids are definitely uh, getting farther and few in between. Um, uh, one guy, actually, another guy I wanted to bring up, he's not part of the Century Club, but J- Mr. Jake Bowers, you know, he, ch- he changes teams again. He falls into some playing time and he's, you know, he's hitting the ball. It's like we yeah. fall into this trap again with Jake Bowers. It's like, oh man, it just never ends with him, you know? I, I don't believe in Jake Bowers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, he's hot. He's, he, he probably could stay that way for another week or two, but I just can't believe that all of a sudden he's now going to turn it on in, in a park like Seattle where it's not really even a hitter's park. You mean yeah, you know, I, he's going to fend off Jared Kelnick? Kelnick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Just I, yeah, I, you know, I actually uh, I hope he continues <laughs> to struggle, Jared, because that'll just make him you know turn more people off for next year. But I think the right. next time up, he's going to – he'll, he'll He's he he knows how to hit. It, it'll come, and all these guys with pedigree. I love when they get a taste of it and they fail. Right. And you see them the next time; they're they're ready. It, it's right. like anything else in life. When you first walk into any job, it's not that easy. And once you get the feel of it, you know how to go right. on the road with the team. And you know, if you're yeah. good in the long run, it it'll show. Right, failure is a big part of it for sure. sure. Um, yeah, so let's we'll talk about some notable drops, Todd. You had some guys you uh, mentioned in your article. Yeah. Uh, who so, stood so, out yeah, to you? There were, there were some guys that I thought were a little unexpected. I mean, for example, Albert Pujols is really, I mean, he wasn't the guy I targeted, but he's been hitting homers. It, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that people picked him up for any other reason. And he's got six homers in the last five weeks. Um, Jake Diekman hasn't gotten a save in three weeks, but I don't think he's – completely out of the committee. I mean, Matt probably, uh, he might disagree since he has Provino, but <laughs> I just, I think No, that- he pops his head up in there. You know, it, it's, it's annoying, but at least Trevino's got like 12 saves. So. Yeah, Trevino, he'll yeah. get most of them, in, but I think- In this it, world, you get 12 saves on the waiver wire. You know, you, you bid and you win and you get exactly. 12 saves. He, he, he really can't complain. In a 15-team <laughs> league, I think Diekman probably should be owned. Um, Badu has uh, dropped in three leagues. He's still hitting well, in my opinion, and he d- is starting to run a little bit. Um, Greg Holland, who knows what Kansas City's doing, but yeah, I screw think, Greg Holland. I said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> he could still get saves, though. He could still get saves for sure. And, uh, I, and then there I think two- Masato believed that at the beginning of the year with those bids, but <laughs> okay, really? okay, well, maybe that's true. Um, and he also had what's his name, Wade Davis, right? I think that was his. Oh, no, name. it was Wade Davis. It was Wade Davis. Yeah, that's the one he looked like for. I'm just Wade giving Davis. him shit. I'm playing around. I'm playing it's around. one of the Royals guys. Yeah, it was right? one. Of, I, was just, <laughs> I got Stout Mount, so I'm hoping somehow, some way, he, he falls into it again. Yeah, yeah know, it's just the yeah. usage is so crazy on it and in, in that yeah. bullpen. It's just, you know, just flopping. especially when he got hurt. It's like, you know, he kind of had the role and then he got hurt. And it's like, okay. 
Right. They, they, haven't, even, the they haven't even pitched Almond very much uh, since he's returned from injury. Yeah, and I, I think he kind of got rushed back. It yeah, sounded like he was going to be out for like a month, and all of a sudden he was back in like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. Right, absolutely. One guy that I, I wanted to mention is um, Mikey Moustakis, dropped in 15 leagues. Um, you know, he's one of those guys with that multi-eligibility. You know what he's capable of at the bat, and it's just like – you know, uh, I, I know me and Jenny have him in our tag team league, and it was like every every week it was like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it's like, you know, you never, you kind of never know when it's the right time. Like you said, Matt, earlier, especially if you have the space mm-hmm. to stash, you know, you you know, you can afford to, but at some point, you know, when you need the production and you got to move on, it's just like, is this the right week to do it, you know? Um, you guys think that's a good drop? Well, didn't, good he have the, uh, didn't he have the setback? Because I had picked him up in the 12. The yes. week before, and I dropped him for Sonny Gray because he had the setback, and I, I thought he was going on the sixty day or something. He did. He got transferred to the sixty is, day. Yeah. On so yeah, day. I mean that's just too long at this point. I mean, if he had right. like speed and average to go with the power, even then, I mean different I mean, like, story. Right? Yeah, it's. I I think at this point you had to. He was coming back, and then it was you know it's over. Yeah. He's right. back in a walk. He's in walking boot again. So I don't think he's going the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, good. More time for Jonathan India for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've been pretty, uh, pretty good. At he's five, turned it but... on. No, he's turned it on. The, you know, the, the last month or so, last few weeks, he's definitely. Yeah. He really he, had. He, should, he went he to Coors and uh, hit that. He found... hit, hit that week. He found his uh, stroke. Right. Now he's stealing some bases. Yep. Leading off, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. he's got the that's another good lineup. I mean, offensively, you right. got Winker and Castellanos. Yeah, and I love what they did there with Tyler Stevenson. They like, you know, mm-hmm. they put him in cleanup, and he's 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 playing first on some days. You know, before Fado got back, but um, you know, he's shown they shown a lot of uh, yeah. Fado's been, you know, he's giving you, you know, he's giving you the power and stuff. He, right. You kind of saw he was going to start selling out for it. He was a different player. Right. He's given what you were looking for for where he was going, so you can't yeah. argue with that. Bottle was a guy that um, I have him in one main and one auction, one 15-team auction, and I kept him when he went on the mm. IL. I, I kept him around because uh, I just, you know, uh, especially at corner, which is so – sometimes it's just so desolate where you're just like, oh, man. So I was hoping that when he came back, he would just get right back into the groove, um, you know. Um, one other guy I wanted to mention too is uh, Isaac Paredes uh, on the mm-hmm. on the Tigers. You know, he got called up, got sent back down to a lot of guys, picked him up and then dropped him, and then he got called back up. So um, what, what are your thoughts on what's happening with the Tigers? Like, he – do you see them moving on from like you know sc- uh, scope and 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 uh, Goodrum, or they just going to be hang around and you know playing into the playing time of the young guys like Castro and Paredes? I think they need to try and get whatever piece. I mean, I don't think I'm, look Scope's been great. As he has, yeah. he has, especially his price and stuff. But I mean, they're not getting a, any kind of significant return for him. But they got to start moving these pieces around and right. just, you know, get something, whatever it is, even if it's like a reclamation project and move on. Let these decide who's going to be like future, future pieces. You're letting these young arms pitch. You see in development from Mize and Scooble how, you know, that first month or so, those guys really were struggling and the difference now right. to, to their game. And you're gonna, I would expect the same from Manning. So... He's going to get the shot. They're going to, they want him to, you know, pitch. 
So I, I think they got to make that. You see, Kadash Cameron's up. You got to go with these young guys. You're you're a team for the future, right? And I right. mean, as much as you fantasy people might want to see a Goodrum or a Scope and players like that, and say even like a Wilson Ramos before he was DFA'd and got hurt, he was hitting home runs. For the Tigers, that's not to that's not the way to go. Right. right. They, they got right. to see what they got. I mean, mm-hmm. my only issue with Paredes is he doesn't really have a lot of speed. So I don't think he's going to steal bases. And right. uh, I don't think he's hit. Did he hit a one or two homers? I don't even know if he hit that. So he, I don't know what he, he might hit for average, but it's not all that valuable of a profile. If he's not either stealing or hitting for power. Right. And that's what it is. It's a good hit tool. It's a good uh, guy won't strike out much and we'll right. we'll help you in average, but definitely not. Willie Castro has just been awful this year. I was a swing and miss. Tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. I was a swing and miss. I, He's had I mean, yeah. I don't think he was gonna bat 320 or anything crazy like that, but I, right. I thought he'd I thought he'd provide uh, a Something. few categories for you. He'd be like yeah. one of those players that does a little bit of everything. You know, but right. yeah, he wasn't and, to be the case. Right. And <laughs> he does a lot know, of nothing. <laughs> he does. He just does a lot of, yeah, meh. You know, I definitely thought he was going to be definitely more than, uh, you know, what he's doing now. And like you said, definitely not what he was, you know, what he showed last year in that short span, but some somewhere in between, you know, being terrible and mm-hmm. being, being really good. But, um, you know, I, I, I still think he, uh, out of out of all their guys, uh, you know, at least he, he's still playing too. He's still getting, mm-hmm. he's still getting. He at should that. though. He should. Yeah. Like, he's a guy that right. if he was dropped and you get him, and he has a couple of good months, then that's where you know sure. that's where you get a profit. It's like you you get like uh, as Rob said, someone's trash. You get something that was zero and becomes like a, a hero. You know those, those right. guys are sometimes the funnest guys to own. Right. Yep. And it's just like yep. they keep rolling out the Harold Castros, you know, <laughs> and the Nomar Mazaras. And it's just like, oh, my God. And even Victor Reyes, you know, he's he got sent down. He smashed in AAA. Then came up, played one game against the Yankees, um, where he, I think he, he had a hit. And he was like, oh, here we go. Here's Victor Reyes back. And then he tore his pack or whatever. And it's just, oh, it's a mess. Yeah, he's doing but, a rehab game in like uh, A-Ball tonight, I saw. Okay. So, yeah. So, he, he even him be on the way back. So, yeah, there's there's so, there's so much stuff there in uh in the Tigers. Yeah, I think but, you'll see a different Tigers team in like the next month. They're gonna yeah, try and yeah. you know move whatever, make whatever they can do. I don't really think there's much that they can get in in any of the cases, but right. you never know. Right. All right, Todd, bring us through the home stretch of your article. Talk to sure. me about the standings. Um, actually, give us a little uh, insight onto your players from um, three weeks ago and give us your sure. thumb, down thumb, or side <laughs> thumb. <laughs> I, can, I can do that quickly. Yeah, the four guys from three weeks ago, one was Manoa, who I gave a loss because the numbers just aren't there. It's 5.60 ERA, 1.30 whip. Uh, you know, he's not really done it so far. He could turn it around, as Matt said, but and then Greg Holland, you know, nothing there really. Rob Ref Snyder was on fire for one week and then people picked him up and he did nothing and he's on the IL. And the one guy that turned out well was Harold Ramirez, who I probably would have bet against him too, but um, he's bet at 300 uh, with uh, four homers. So I gave him a thumbs up. And right now, out of the top, uh, four ads from each week total up to 32 total players and only eight are really good ads and I listed them there I won't go through them now but um, it's just it just 
reminder that even the, the most popular guys each week, you probably have a one in four shot at having a really good addition to your team. Um, and then in terms of the standings, you know, uh, I won't belabor it. Uh, Douglas Roth is the overall leader. Um, and uh, we have our usual suspects up near the top. We have uh, Clark Olson and uh, Phil Dussault and uh, other, other guys that have been in number one before. Um, we have uh, Brian Slack, who's still up in seventh. John Posma, who's been on this show. Um, a lot of good players. And uh, Tyler Young leading three leagues still. Tyler, uh, just to, you know, I remember we were out in Vegas this year. And we were uh, yeah. hanging out with uh, Casey. And it was like me, Vlad, uh, Anthony, uh, Jason, Anthony, and I forget who else might have been with us. And Casey said it, and I totally agree with it. He is the best draft champions player. I mean, he's a hell of a player, too. He knows how to play the main event and other stuff. But sure. as far as draft champions goes, uh, if if Casey says it, you know, I think you really can't get a, yeah, a bigger right. compliment there. And I, I totally sign off on it. And the guy is just a beast. <laughs> the beast. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> you just take a look at the amount of teams. Uh, but have, he, has, right? he has the amount of teams. And, no, no, yeah. That are know, and yeah, that are and he's well. up there. He's, Sick. you know, whatever socks. Everything's with a sock. So, <laughs> but the yeah. socks are usually cashing. So I got to <laughs> so, give him props. I give all the props. All the names Todd mentioned, you know, Clark Olsen, Phil, um, Slack, uh, Puzma. You know, these are guys that are consistently up there. These are guys that deserve the recognition. Right. Uh, I know before right. we started here, I, I, I really won't get into it, but I just hear all the time how everybody's great, everybody's great. No, if everybody's great, everybody's good. There are, you know, the people that are doing really good stuff consistently, you know, those those are the people that really need the recognition. And yeah. you can still yeah. say, you know, you can still like people's work, but there's right. a, a big difference between writing an article and winning high stakes leagues. I'll say that. That's for sure. I mean, I just would say that the baseline for the average main event player is pretty darn good. That's my opinion, even, even outside of these top guys that we're mentioning. But yeah, these top guys, Matt, they, they, they have won or they are leading leagues with all different draft position starts and all different types of players. It's not like, well, they just figured out one or two sleepers and that was it. They No, they, yeah, no. You, you see it in baseball. I know a lot of people say football is luck, but on the high stakes level, I, I don't believe that. Maybe I did when I first started playing in it. Mm -hmm. But when you see the same names um, consistently winning leagues, you know, right. doesn't have to be overalls, but, you know, being competitive for an overall. Right. And all that, you know, the luck factor is out the window. You know, lucky yeah. once, lucky twice. You know, you're not lucky over and over again. I'm sorry. Exactly. You're not stepping in shit every time you walk down the street. <laughs> no, right. And that's why, you know, I remember when I was doing the preseason pods um, and just, you know, getting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, players on to talk about their success in the NFBC. It's like, it's really amazing when you go down that rabbit hole of, of looking at, you know, um, the history, you know, the history is there for players. And you just see like the, the amount of ones and twos and threes and league finishes. And you're like, wow, like, you know, you really, mm -hmm. uh, so many of them are just, you know, really eye opening. Like, wow, these guys are consistently, like you said, every year, 
cash in and just being successful. And it's it, and that's why I think it's great that Todd has this article and uh, it really gets the gets the name. No, it's, 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 it's a great niche. Todd found like that's what people should be looking to do. It doesn't have to be NFC, whatever else people are into, but finding out what people are into right. and creating a niche, finding your spot. There's a spot, you know, you just got to find it. Right. Yeah, no, nobody was doing an article that was sort of on a contest rather than, you know, there's a lot of people writing up particular players and stuff like that. But I really wanted to sort of, as I told Rob, you know, follow the horse race of the league and, and the leagues, uh, the 43 main event leagues, and sort of follow that over the year instead of just saying, looking up at the end and saying, oh, this guy won. He must be good. You know, that I'd like to see how it, transgress, it transpires throughout the year. Right, right. Like you said, who who stayed at the top, who rose their way up, who chipped right. away at leads. And absolutely, this has gotten me way more focused on, you know, and, and like like you like you have Todd, the average first place score, you have a second place score, you know, you just kind of get like a little bit of a benchmark of like numbers right. that you should be, you know, shooting for and knowing where you have to be in your in the 80th percentile, you know, just stuff like that is really it's really part of, you know, um the overall, you know, two belt of of what you're going to need to do to succeed, I think. And, and the Vegas experience among the NFBC community is mm-hmm. just fantastic. I think this week, um, I mean, this year upcoming, uh, or next year, I should say, I'll even be expanding that weekend to long. I'll probably get out there a couple that of days That should be early. fun. I mean, the only thing I'm worried about is the uh, possible work stoppage, but hopefully... Yeah, I, I think there's going to be uh, a, a lot of this and a lot of gloom. And they'll, they'll push it to where, like, that very end, as they right. always do. Right. But I, I, I'm one of the few that thinks that the, whatever you would say, the 11th hour, yeah, it, it does get ironed out because there's just too much money going on here. Yeah. And uh, I don't think either side wants to lose out on that. I think they've, they, they know what's, you know, there's too many other sports out there. You know, sure. you really can't be taking breaks anymore. Work stoppages. Baseball wow. isn't America's pastime like it once was. And yeah. it doesn't have that dominance. No. So I'm one of the few that thinks it's going to look like a lost course and we're going to lose a lot of time. But in the end, it'll get done. Right. I hope you're right. I hope you're right about that. Yeah. It shouldn't stop your preparation, you know, just hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Everyone who wants to like, maybe not dip their tone to prep because they're thinking about that good. Join all my leagues. hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, I got uh, a question, Maddie, for, for Maddie, just one yeah. general question. I like mm-hmm. to ask people. So Matt, going back to draft season. Okay. You, you have, I know you have uh, targeted players that you're really hoping to get at different points of the draft. I'm sure. But um, the, the, the issue that I want to talk about briefly is w- when you see a g- player dropping, now not a, not a player that you hate and that you just want no part mm-hmm. of, but, but a good player, he just wasn't one of your target guys. And he's dropped now one, two rounds past where he normally goes. And, and yet you're looking at your targeted players and you have some of them coming up that you want to get to. That's, that's the decision that's hard for me in terms of do you do you say no i'm just going to ignore that and try to go uh for the guys that i want or i'm going to try to get some value there i think that's actually a great question in general i find the guys that fall don't return that value for you Uh i'd rather Mm -hmm. be more of the aggressive but the one of the things like this year when i got back into it i wanted to do some experiments and i did 
I did a lot of uh, draft champions. Next year, I'm probably going to go the route of say like the the Casey Chow. I'm just going to have my certain list of guys. Yeah, and it's going to be those guys. Yeah, and if I got to pay up for guys, I I don't care anymore because I'm I'm not going to miss out on my guys. Right, but right. That's not going to happen next year. Right, right. So even if there's a discount, of, even if there's a discount, you might uh, ignore people that are pretty good players. Uh I mean. I guess everything is dependent, but I, sure, I think sure. for the most part, when players start falling, and even in the football, I, I've noticed that as well. The guys that fall, they're usually falling for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and the sharks are letting them go. If the sharks let them go <laughs> for the other fish to eat, right. you don't want to be you don't want to be the piker, the guppy, whatever it is that's <laughs> nibbling on that. Okay, I got you. I got you. I like that. I think that's a good point because I also feel like too, like when I, when I'm, uh, I really do make a firm list and there's some mm-hmm. guys where, who are on the outside looking in, but a lot of time they don't even spend time, uh, you know, going through those players. So at the last minute, I'm not just going to like scramble and look up a guy if I, you know, I haven't prepped for him. It's just like, oh, I right. completely put him out of, of my, you know, of the of the list, then I, I, I try to pay no attention to that. Whatsoever. I mean, look, sometimes you'll get lucky and say the guy you wanted happened to go a pick or two before you and say like Todd said, somebody was pretty good for some reason fell or maybe not even that. You just wanted to take your next guy up or right. somebody else and that guy pans out and the other guy you wanted to take winds up sucking that year. I mean, look, there's a little bit of luck involved for everything. Right. There's just not, you're not lucky in everything. You get a little bit of luck here and there, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's great. I love it. I love the competition. I, I will tell people just keep grinding out the season uh, no matter what. Uh, like I said, the difference in the first six weeks of the season to the, 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 these last six weeks have been night and day for me. You know, I had a team that had 39 points after the first six weeks. It's got 92 points now. Wow. You know, that, that's that's a huge move. Sure. You got to just keep be, every week plugging away. Guys will – good players will eventually hit. And, you know, if the pitchers are healthy, they'll get it done. And it's going to be a race, in my opinion. Whoever wins the main event uh, overall title this year is going to survive with the pitching because who can stay on that mound, you know, throughout those six months? That's what it right. seems like, especially – with the uh, with the new rule that's coming in, which I'm for, I'm not for during the middle of the season. No, this all no. should have taken place in the preseason. Exactly, you can't do it in the middle of the season. Exactly. It's gotten out of hand, but you can't implement it midway through and have guys changing it. There's an easy solution though, too. Make a one substance that everybody can use that's that will do the job. Right. And more importantly, stop changing the damn ball. Have one yeah. standard ball yeah. every single year. Yeah. One standard ball. Basketball right. has it. Football has it. You know. Yeah. It's, it's like madness. Right. It's totally it's, man. It's like I'm sorry. I'm that no, no. That that's not that's such a good point with the ball. It's been so much inconsistency with it. Uh, our good friend Johnny L. Um, on his Cork Stats pod had <laughs> that guy Barton Smith on, and he said that he heard that you know like within a box of balls they're all different. Like the same dozen box right. of balls that they're they're they don't have the same consistency. So. Um, yeah, I totally agree, Matt. Just stop, stop messing with that, and just make one thing that's, you know, that 
that's that that's doable for everyone. They can use it, and uh, you know, everyone's happy. Um, you know, I think yeah. that's what Glass Knight was trying to say. You know, like in his press conference, that you know they were on that union call, and he, he you know, he said pretty much, and none of the batters, no one said it was a big deal to so use sunscreen was in, and now you know, like I said, midseason. Yeah, no, no, I got you, but that's there a has been move. a big deal, and you see some oh, right. of these guys. I mean, right, it's it's like Bauer was say, uh, was saying. I, I know nobody likes him, but he's been saying this for a couple of years. Oh yeah, and he basically said, if everybody's going to do it, I'm going to do it too. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I that I don't blame him on, but. They ignored it. Like with the steroids, they ignored, they ignored. I, I don't think it's a conspiracy to make them look like cheaters. Otherwise, you're making like Josh Donaldson have to be like the world's biggest rat in baseball and stuff like that. And I don't <laughs> think he's a turn guy. I don't no. think, you know, he's the, he's the guy in the Scorsese movie that, that turned. <laughs> he's like Kenteko who just writes a book <laughs> yeah. and rats out no, everybody it's, on this. <laughs> I mean, look, if everybody was corking their bat a little and, you know, it was getting mm. out of hand... <laughs> Right, right, and yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah there's a couple of the pictures are just getting silly with the uh, the movement yeah, and the I mean, breaks. And and, now that we can measure it and stuff, it, it is a bit obvious. Yes, and you absolutely. see, and you see the you see the correlation to batting average with the spin, and you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, definitely. It, it just, I mean, even to a layman, it's it's pretty obvious. Right, yeah. right, and, and it put was, it in front of somebody's face. I think. Um, uh, I don't have a subscription of baseball prospectus, but I know that uh, the guy Rob Arthur put out a tweet and think he had an article and he, he was talking, I read the thread. who was talking about the distance of balls too um, with the, uh, with the substance. So it might've been a pressing distance as well. Um, yeah. I mean, well, if you look at just how many spiked fastballs you see. This yeah. Year, I mean, yeah. that's telling you right there. You see some guys that can't even get their fingers like yeah. apart. <laughs> Right, and right. I'm all for them having something to use. I don't. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I not think saying, they should, but when it gets to a point where no, I mean, no. it, yeah, it, it, it gone too far. But they had the opportunity in the preseason, and that was baseball's fault. They right, should have right. cracked down then. Right. Not, you can't do it middle of the season. I would have said, no, no. just let it let it fly rest of the year. Nothing we can do. But next year, we'll have a substance ready that they can use. That's right. you know that was the logical way to go. But yeah, right, right, right. Totally agree there. Matt, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, I know you play in a lot, um, some some leagues that are not involved with overalls, like you mentioned, the mm-hmm. Platinum Leagues, um, where it's just standalone, high, really high stakes. Um, is there anything that's like completely different from the main events? Like, is there anything that's like such a different animal in those leagues, or pretty much like the same? I think you find out like some of them have a, I'll say, a home feel if you're in it like year in and year out. Okay. And you'll know certain guys are never going to draft a closer. So when you go in there, closer prices will fall a little. Even maybe the top guys might go, say the guy that was going, say if uh, Hendricks was going into the third, maybe he's moving later to the fourth or something like that. Well, you'll know you have an opportunity to get one of those top five guys maybe a little later. So you don't have to pounce on him in the fourth say you want the Diaz you know you can get him a little later than he goes I'm that's like more of the obvious there's other guys that implement uh really strange strategies things I wouldn't do but these guys have been successful and you know they have Mm -hmm. track records and stuff so I for me when I'm in a standalone I attempt to have the you know have a balanced team uh maybe saves aren't as crucial to me 
in in that format mm-hmm. where right. I know certain people won't bid on saves. So you don't have to spend as much on it there. Maybe I'll let that or you could maybe let one category slide a little more than you would in a, having to be so balanced and trying to be at the 80 percentile in, say, an overall contest. Right. So, I mean, in, in that aspect, you'll you'll see it. But I, I still think having a uh, balanced team, you'll also notice another thing, I think, in these, the bids will be lower than, say, in a main event. Okay. People will hold their it, – it's it's a little more tighter with the fed. Okay. Uh, so, say somebody went for 150 in a main event, Maybe he's going for just over a hundred or like around that hundred range. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is, a, at least I've noticed that in, in the, in the standalone high stake leagues. And uh, that's one thing I look forward to getting back to next year. Now that we have all this uh, pretty much behind us and hopefully we have regular baseball, we have nine inning double headers and <laughs> no more of these extra inning crap. And, <laughs> you know, we, we get back to a, to a good game. Cause I mean, I, I love it. I, I will say the last month, what my mom uh, getting hurt and having to go back to Staten Island. It, it was, you know, last night was the first night I got to actually sit in my living room where I have, you know, the two TVs going to my living room, my den. I watched the Met game with my mom and it was, it was pretty awesome to do that again. So I think baseball is yeah. great. I want baseball to prosper. I hope they, you know, I think they will in the end uh, iron it out and I hope so. And I hope, you know, the NFBC continues to thrive and it gets even yeah, bigger. Definitely. We had 645 entries in the main event. That's a, for $1,700. That's pretty impressive. And I think next year they'll even break that. Probably. Right. Absolutely. Matt, I have one more question that I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you. Um, and it was, it's concerning um, like making, making a dent in a specific stat category. Like, is that something you like, that you have been doing or you start doing now or, you know, for anyone who doesn't know when the time is to like, look at it, like the standings and uh, let's say, you know, um, runs or whatever, or stolen bases and say, I have to do something about it now. You know, I think after the first six weeks, you really don't want to start falling too far behind in any category. Like Mm -hmm. I said, at certain points in the season, you have to be, I I think, you know, it's just in life. You got to be honest with yourself. What is, what is my team's chances of actually realistically winning the overall? Mm-hmm. And when that seems kind of slim, it's okay. What are my chances of winning the league? Because you still want to get the league prize. I know most, you know, a good portion of your entry fees going through that. But sure. at some point, you can't just, you know, jump on the grenade and blow yourself up. Right. You got to, you know, you want to win. So I, I think you need to be cognizant of it, but you got to – you maybe say have to take some chances where you could stash a guy. If uh, say you needed speed and there was a speed guy available, there was a minor leaguer that was going to get called up and maybe he was a little longer away to get called up and you could kind of hold him. And you're like, look, I, I, I need somebody that's a game changer. I have some guys that can chip in and add, or like you see the batting average, it's either you got to make a commitment to try and find somebody and take a, a sacrifice, which what you're sometimes doing is sacrificing other categories. Mm. And you got to be honest and say, is it worth it? So I, I don't think it's just a straight, simple answer. I think it's just being cognizant and saying, look, this is where I'm hurting. I'm going to attempt to fill it with this guy and see where I, where I'm at in the next couple of weeks. And maybe at some point, 
it's just not going to happen for you in that quarter uh, category. And you want to finish as high as possible. So you just sure. don't want to be 15th. You want to be 10th or 9th. Because those right. five points, believe it or not, that last weekend is going to make a difference. Right. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. That would uh, definitely help you answer there for sure. Um, Todd, do you have anything else to want to ask Matt? No, well, I think uh, it was a good summary. And I think, you know, Matt's, you know, I'd like, like to give him a hard time during the drafts, especially when I'm, <laughs> when I'm serving as admin, I try to walk up to him and bother him and get him off his game, but he's a really good player. And uh, I look forward to all of us being in Las Vegas next March and maybe having a good time and enjoying uh, meeting some, some of these guys that are really top players as well. Maybe having a good time. Yeah. I was about to play. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had a blast. I had a I had a blast this uh, time around, and you know it wasn't everybody wasn't there, but uh, definitely Vegas twenty uh, twenty two. I I think it's I think everybody's going. Anybody that can make it out there is going to find right, a way. Right, and, right. You know, I think too many people that couldn't do it for understandable reasons right. will will be there this year, and I think you'll have a bunch of newcomers too, people that haven't been there before. So. Like me, definitely, yeah. and uh, and you definitely have to be there. Yes, yeah, yeah I had such a I had such a blast in New York. Introduced me to everybody. It, it's it was, so much better it was than great. New York. I'll yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like you mentioned too, like the amount of new people, you know, the amount of new people that are getting into the main event. You know, I know uh, a couple of people who first time players and younger people like uh, that are getting involved. So yeah, I think that's great. You know, and hopefully they come down to Vegas too. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I, you see everyone face to face. You meet everyone. Um, it's it's awesome. Uh, I'm super excited for it. But uh, um, you know, we still got, like you said, still got three months left and uh, get a grind yeah, basically out the, half rest the season of the way. Left, so Eight, you, know, you got to hope for help. You yep. got to hope you, your guys just keep on doing it. Look, everybody's gonna. Th- there's few people that go six months just crushing it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. those are the elite stars, and even yeah. they have their struggles. Sure. But you know, just keep plugging away. I mean, it's a, it's a great game. And, you know, those last six weeks, I guarantee you're going to see swings happen in, in leagues. At least that, that's always been the always been the case. Yep. Cool. All right, Maddie, again, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for again. having me. Sorry about like last week. I couldn't do it. But thanks for uh, you know. guys asking me back to do Absolutely. this week. And I had a blast. I think this is your third appearance on the Pull Herder podcast. I think you so. might be. I think you might be in the lead. <laughs> you be in the lead, Maddie. You're the overall lead of the Pull Herder podcast appearances. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you and Phil definitely up there. So, and well, Todd, Todd, you know he. He's uh, he me every week. Yeah, I'm, I'm not no. a guest anymore. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're definitely not a guest anymore, Todd. You're co-hosting it for sure. Um, so cool. So uh, you guys want to just let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter. And Todd, you know, let everyone know where they can find your articles and your work that you're doing. Sure. So uh, spstreamer.com is where the free article is located, as Rob mentioned. I'm at, at Telestar7 on Twitter. And uh, also... SP Streamer has the Discord channel where you can join for 10 bucks, and we have a lot of good discussions about baseball, and it's uh, well worth Awesome. Maddie, where can everyone find you if they want you to find you? If they want to find me, it's at CTM Baseball. If you don't want to find me, <laughs> Awesome, fellas. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to each other soon. Thank have a good you. one. Best of luck. 
Alrighty, folks, that will conclude this episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in. And once again, thank you for everyone who's taken the extra 32 to 97 seconds to fill out a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Truly, truly thankful for that. Grateful that you guys take that little snippet out of your day to um, say some good words about me or give me a good reading. Uh, rating. So really much appreciative. Thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, remember, don't be a bag of shit. Peace.